County High School Sports, and more. Now, live from the Breakfast Company, let's join our host for the Montgomery County Sports Review. Presented by Arnie's, right here on Thunder 103.9 WIMC-FM, Crawfordsville. Good morning, everyone. We have a busy Saturday for you here. Starting off live from the Breakfast Company on Thunder 103.9, it's the Montgomery County Sports Review. Brought to you by Arnie's of Crawfordsville. We'll have all three girls basketball coaches this morning, then talking Wabash College football as the Little Giants travel to Blackstock Stadium in Greencastle this afternoon for the 128th Monon Bell Classic with the NCAC title on the line. I'm Jeremy Maria Park. Alongside my partner, Billy R. Bill Rubenstein, we're going to go ahead and be joined by Coach Berkman here right off the bat. Bill, good morning. Coach Berkman, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> what are you looking at me for? Like I have well, some kind of questions? You're always morning? supposed to have something to say, Bill. <clears throat> I'm supposed to, good morning, everybody. <laughs> Welcome here. Hey, Coach, uh, we were interested in, in, in looking at how your team has progressed. You won your first game. You struggled and won. You had a close game. And then you came back and came back and won uh, the other night in against Fountain Central, and it's kind of good to see that you can you can play both sides. You can play from ahead, and you can play from behind. Yeah, I think Thursday's game was um, a good, good spot for us because I think we can have consistently gotten, gotten a little better every game, and Thursday night game was, you know, we still committed 18 turnovers, but that was a huge improvement from <laughs> where we've been. Even in our win against Greencastle, we turned the ball over at least 30 times, so and our free throw shooting's improving, and I, I really feel, you know, our volleyball girls were a little late to, to the season start, so I, I just think the more we play, the better we're going to get, and the more chemistry and um, that's going to happen out on the court. You got some, you got some good play from. I mean, early in the season it was Chloe Jenkins. Chloe didn't have a real good game the other night, but you had other girls step up, and that's obviously something you, as a coach, want. You want every girl out there be able to step up and, and give you a good game you got some guard play from the other night that helped yeah olivia gray finally decided to show up i i, <laughs> I always say she's kind of our x factor and we really need her to show up uh, every night you know you, you get some consistency with delorean um you know she's always going to play hard and make things happen especially defensively uh, chloe you know yeah she had a rough night <laughs> thursday night um, but so far with the years, you know, she's she's close to averaging a double-double, even with that bad night, Thursday night. Coach, you look at um, what you bring back compared to some other teams in the county and in the conference area overall, you have several pieces back from last year. Um, where's this team at through five games or so compared to where you thought they might be with those returning players? Uh, well, we're not where I thought we'd be at this point, but I think we're getting there, and I do – have pretty high expectations for us this year as far as uh, within the conference in the county and also with Sugar Creek. Um, hopefully by the end of the season, we're, we're really coming together and, you know, make a good run. Yeah, and that Sugar Creek Classic will be kind of that first uh, notch in your, your goal setting that comes up next weekend. You'll open with Crawfordsville. Um, this is a tournament that's, you know, really been dominated by Western Boone for the long haul, but I know you guys have obviously had some success here the last couple of years, or at least two years ago when you won it, and then last year um, you struggled in the tournament. But Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously it's, it's a good 
it's a good measuring stick, especially against those three teams that you know you're going to see down the road again. Right. I, I look forward to, especially, you know, this early in the season, it kind of get that tournament, um, you know, experience for the girls. Um, and we're looking forward to it because we really think we have a good chance at making some waves in this and um, hopefully come away with the championship on Saturday. Coach, talk a little bit about what an early season is like for girls basketball because it's like you have three games in a week then two games in a week it's hard to get in a lot of practice time you're talking about like your volleyball girls who obviously because they went to the regional they were a week later than everybody else how do you get that time where you can actually do some coaching i know a lot of coaches look forward to christmas break because there's time they can actually get back and start coaching a little bit more yeah that the first two weeks uh, of our schedule has been rough for practice we basically play today practice today play today for for two weeks so you know we're kind of looking forward to this time um up till friday because we we don't have another game till friday so you know it'd be a chance for us to really reflect on us and also prepare for, for our opponent which in one day of practice really not time to do either you know so kind of looking forward to that getting the start of the season out of the way and then we're ready to go it's it's strange how all of a sudden you just jump in it seems like oh gosh season's ready and it is starting a week earlier than it has yeah. before so that makes it even a little bit more of a as i like to use the term surprise start it's like wow we started november 1st and we're sure. already playing that probably you know Walk back when they made that change. I believe you were at Indian Creek, right? Yeah. When they started the season a week early. And you talk about volleyball. That really had to hurt those players that play both of those sports when they made that decision. I know why they did it for the end of the season. Right. Um, well, we didn't have the issue at Indian Creek when I was there when they first did it. And this this year was really my first experience with it really setting us back. You know, a lot of times you may, at Indian Creek anyway, I haven't had that problem here, but sometimes the volleyball girls, when they're done, they want to take a couple of days off. Right. And that that sometimes would come up. But, um, yeah, I mean, but, you know, for the success of the volleyball team, you know, we were happy for them. And we just know we're getting off to a slow start, and yeah. I'm pretty confident that we'll get it going. What are a couple things that you felt like you might be a little farther along than you are right now? Our shooting. Um, our shooting, and because I really think our turnovers, most of them are passing issues in transition, um, but our outside perimeter shooting, I mean, we, we get a lot of baskets, you know, at the goal. And um, I really thought we'd be farther along because we really made an emphasis on shooting the last year and a half in the off season. So hopefully that will start clicking a little better for us. Well, Coach, anything else you want to add? You know, er still early in the season. Early in the season, I think our defense is probably the bright spot right okay. now we, we're playing a pretty pretty aggressive two three zone we get out on people it's it, it really doesn't probably seem like a two three zone to a lot of opponents but um, we're so fast and quick to the ball that uh, they do a good job of covering and getting out on people mounties two and three on the young season they're off till next friday sure good classic want to thank coach berkman for coming in and joining us this morning best of luck to Southmont, that Sugar Creek Classic next Friday. The Mounties and the Athenians will meet in round one. Chargers and Stars in the other game. Uh, the losers will play a consolation game. Winners will play in the championship game. So, again, thanks to Coach Berkman coming in and talking about the Mounties. And we will take a break, come back with Coach Ryan Numpnall and others here. we got a lot to talk about, Bill.
There's lots of stuff going on. Yep. And Wabash football, and it's some white stuff out there falling from yeah. the sky. So we'll be right back with more here from the Breakfast Company. It's the Montgomery County Sports Review live on Thunder 103.9, 103.9 brought to you by Arnie's of Crawfordsville. Arnie's of Crawfordsville is proud to present the Montgomery County Sports Review. Aired on Thunder 103.9 WIMC Saturday mornings. Arnie's of Crawfordsville serves pizza, subs, sandwiches, dessert, and more. Order Arnie's of Crawfordsville for good food and great service every time. Meet you at Arnie's on 114 West Wabash Avenue. And listen for the Montgomery County Sports Review presented by Arnie's every Saturday morning from 8 to 9 to hear the latest on high school sports. Taylor, Chad, Manette, Schneider, and Clutter's commitment is to give clients sound legal counsel and valued legal services. They help people, businesses, and municipalities solve problems in many legal areas. When you call Taylor, Chad, Manette, Schneider, and Clutter, you can expect to be treated respectfully and with prompt service. They're committed to working with you to achieve your best result. For information or a consultation, go to tcmsclaw.com or call 361-9680. Taylor, Chad, Manette, Schneider, and Clutter. Commitment Service community. 1892 is a pretty big year. The Pledge of Allegiance is first recited. Coca-Cola is founded. And James Naismith publishes the rules of basketball. Oh, and Tri-County Bank opened its stores. This is Chuck Dixon, President and CEO. For 130 years, Tri-County Bank has served our great community, and we have plans to do so for at least 130 more. We do more than offer great banking products. We assist at the county fairs, and school functions, and community events. Why? Because that's what community banks do. Tri-County Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Davis Morrison Realty is now Morrison Realty Keller Williams. New name with the same great service for residents of Montgomery and surrounding counties. For all your residential, commercial, and farm real estate needs, call Morrison Realty Keller Williams. For over 50 years, Morrison Realty Keller Williams have been there for West Central Indiana, providing dedication, persistence, and professional real estate knowledge. Call Morrison Realty Keller Williams at 765-362-5878. Now, back to the Montgomery County Sports Review, presented by Arnie. And live from the Breakfast Company, right here on Thunder 103.9. Welcome back to the Breakfast Company. We're live on Thunder 103.9. Now joined by North Montgomery coach Ryan Nuttonall. The Chargers victorious last night over Attica, 50-45. to Coach, uh, a night's of rest to kind of digest that first win. Yeah, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, it was a you know good good first win for us. Uh, you know we got off to a little rough start in the first three games, uh, dropping our first three games here, and uh, it's uh, it's nice to kind of get that monkey off our back and get that uh, that uh, uh, one in the win column for us. And um, you know just uh, it's been uh, it's been a little tough here the first couple uh, couple of weeks because we're just trying to find uh, find our identity. Uh, girls are trying to figure out their roles, and uh, I mean we're a very young, inexperienced team, and uh, we didn't do uh, didn't do a whole lot over the summertime to really find that, and so I think we're starting to starting to get in the groove of uh, of uh, what each uh, each girl can can bring to the table, and uh, and we're gonna we're gonna build on this uh, build on this win going into next week. We got uh, Frankfurt and the Sugar Creek Classic. You know, Coach, we were talking last night. Of course, everybody knows about Piper Ramey. She's just a sophomore, though. But your team seems so much calmer and in control when she's on the floor. I know she's your best passer. That's part of it. She has a calming influence on the team. 
when she's out there, you just seem to be a different team than when, you know, she got in foul trouble last night. She had to sit down for a while, and boy, when that happened, that's kind of when Annika went a little crazy on it. Yeah, I mean, uh, Piper, Piper's, uh, you know, definitely our, our quarterback out there on the court. Everyone has a, a lot of trust in her, a lot of confidence in her. And, you know, when she's, when she's on the court, when she has the ball in her hand, Everyone on the court can kind of take a little sigh of relief and and uh, and know that uh, um, that uh, Piper's there and and uh, you know that puts that puts a lot of pressure. I mean, she's only she's only a sophomore, but she's the type of player that she she thrives in those situations. And you know, she's a competitor. She's been in she's been in uh, competitive situations with uh, softball and volleyball and basketball. Being, I mean. I think being a three-sport athlete really helps that because yeah. she's always competing. She's always playing on the varsity level, high level, and stuff like that. So that that obviously uh, helps, and one of the reasons why we love having multi-sport athletes uh, in the program. But yeah, she's she's uh, she's definitely definitely tell the team is uh, is more calm when she's on the court. And, and she got into foul trouble yesterday again for the second game in a row. Um, and Attica did take that lead there and, and pulled things away in the second quarter. And, and we had a talk with Piper at halftime, and we said, hey, just, just go out and play. Don't worry about the fouls. It's the second half now. Just go out and play. And you could tell that she was uh, she just went out there and played, and, and it made a, made a huge difference for us. And, and uh, uh, the girls kind of fed off of that and were able to, uh, uh, you know, chip away and, and get the win. Well, I think especially in that third quarter, and I think something that's – Important. You had what? Well, scored what? Twenty-two, eleven, I think, in this. Third yeah, quarter. you doubled them up. Twenty-two, yeah, eleven, the third quarter. But you only had one turnover in that quarter, and even in that pressure, you were starting to take care of the ball. And I believe the one turnover was just turn around and throwing yeah. it backwards. It was right at the end of the quarter. Yeah, I mean, that's that's been uh, that's huge for us. Is is uh, those turnovers, and that's something the first three games really plagued us with, and. And again, like you said, having having Piper out there really calms those nerves uh, with the girls with the with the uh, with the ball. But uh, um, you know, we were able to to you know when you don't turn the ball over, you, you give yourself an opportunity to score. And uh, you know, if you turn that ball over, you don't have an opportunity to shoot, and the other team has an extra opportunity to shoot. So um, that's that's that was big for us to to be able to take care of the ball. Um, but it was also big for us too in that second half, just to play better defense and take away their their little bread and butter of a uh, ball screen action. And our weak side defense was coming over, helping a lot better. So we took away a lot of uh, high percentage uh, layups that they were getting, and and um, we uh, were able to to stop them doing what they were were doing in the first half. Coach, you know, last year for. You had the success, obviously, in the win column. Piper had a, a great freshman season. A couple of times during the season, though, you had injuries. You had the COVID, got bit by the COVID bug early in the year. Some different things happened. Jalen Phillips and Madison Banna last year had opportunities to play a lot more than I think you were hoping. And you talked about it last year. Hey, that's going to mean something down the road. Yeah, I mean, the, the, having having that experience uh, with those two coming back, not only with Piper, is, is, is big, you know, um, watching some film last night you know madison madison played pretty good defense for us uh, especially there in the in the first half uh that helped us out and and jade is uh jade is uh, jade's coming along you know she's she's having to step up now in more of a uh, in an active role she uh 
You know, her and Piper last year were kind of more in, a, in the the, the uh, uh, backstage kind of uh, role player, and now they're having to step up. So having her, you know, having them both out there on the court knowing what to do is helpful um, with uh, with their experience from last year. But, yeah, I mean, we, we bring, you know, three girls back that have a lot of experience, and, and uh, we're playing, you know, eight, nine, ten, even ten girls right now. Um, a lot of sophomores, a lot of yep. freshmen that don't have a whole lot of experience. So having having some experience on the court, um, especially down in, in pressure situations, uh, is is big for us. And that helped us there at the end of the game where it was close and we were able to calm down and, and take control of the ball and play good defense. And then obviously getting some really nice play out of a freshman is always nice. Yeah, Macy, Macy Norman really stepped it up. And, and uh, you know, we, we knew that was going to happen. It's just a matter of when, you know, as, as a freshman, uh, you can be very timid and uh, not really know what to do, when to do it, certain situations. I mean, we said, I was mentioning last night how, you know, going to eighth grade ball to, to freshman ball is, is a big step. Uh, but you can tell that each and, every, uh, each and every game, each and every practice, she's gaining more and more confidence. And, uh, you know, the neat thing about Macy is that, uh, Number one, she's she's one of the hardest workers on the court. Um, she puts a lot of time and effort into it outside of uh, the organized practices and stuff. And that that's something you rarely see is, uh, you know, girls and boys going out and just playing on their own, doing their own thing. Uh, but the other thing, too, is that I think that's really helped is she's an extremely uh, she's she's very much a student of the game. Uh, she's watched the most film uh in our in our huddle program than any other player on the uh, on the uh, uh on the team and you know you go in especially as a freshman you go in and watch and you see okay i should have done this so i should have done that you know that then translates uh to actually you're on the court and you see that on the court and you know what to do and i think that has uh, helped her tremendously in her confidence and knowing what to do in what situations is just going back and watching herself by her, you know on her own and, and learning uh, from film, and uh, that's just going to grow exponentially. Well, I think it's also interesting. As a freshman, she probably hasn't seen a whole lot of film of herself. I mean, do you film the seventh and eighth grade games? Um, and not that I know of. So learning, maybe. learning from film is not always easy. You've got to learn how to watch, what to look for, and things like that. So again, having that basketball acumen you talked about probably is helping her in watching that film yes yeah very much so and we want to know if you are taking any credit for her free throw efficiency <laughs> well i mean it is it, it does resemble a little bit of the valpo free throw I, method. Yeah. you know uh, it, it, it works uh it works pretty well um i'm sure uh if al harden's listened to this he can uh, contest to to that also but uh uh it, it works uh it works pretty well you know try to whole idea is try to minimize the amount of movement and i tell the girls it's you you know you think of it as a machine simple machines with very few moving parts are less likely to break down and if you've got a complex machine with lots of moving parts it's more likely to break down so we want to try to simplify and break down uh, uh your movement as much as possible and and pause the movement from your uh, ritual um, you know, movement, dribbling, spinning the ball, whatever, once you get it from the referee to then pausing and holding for a second and then your shot. So trying to break that movement and uh, 
I mean, she shot the ball very well, and you know that's one thing too. In middle school, she was she was very open to being coached on on shooting free throws and stuff. And uh, it took her took her a little while in middle school, but she's she's got the hang of it, and hopefully that keeps going. But yeah, we we shot great free throw wise there in the whole game, um, and that's big if you can score with uh, no time on the clock, um, and able to get. You know, subs in, change up defenses if you want to is huge for us. Well, and you outscored them 11 to nothing from, or 11 to 5. No, you outscored them by 11, 16 to 5 from the line. And what's important is that was a five point game. You really kind of won that game at the free throw line. Yes. Yeah. As free throws and that defense in the in the second half really, really propelled us to, to the victory. So it's almost like what coaches say you, you tell the girls, Free throws and defense are going to win for you. It's nice when you can actually show it sure, to them yeah. on film. Yes, very true. Very true. Well, Coach, coming up next week, Frankfurt and the Sugar Creek Classic. I know some games that you guys are looking forward to. Yeah, we got uh, Frankfurt home, uh, first uh, first conference game uh, against the Hot Dogs on Tuesday, and then uh, we're at Crawfordsville against uh, Western Boone. Seems like we open up almost every Sugar Creek Classic, or, or like I like to say, the Weibo Classic, uh, with uh, with Weibo. So, uh, you know, they're going to be uh, they're going to be tough, tough too. Um, and they got a lot of a lot of girls returning from last year and, and the second year for their coach. So, I'm excited. It'll be a good a good measuring stick for us uh, with Weibo and also the county uh, teams uh, next weekend. So, it should be should be a fun weekend. All right, Coach. Well, hey, thanks again for coming in and joining us this morning. Best of luck down the stretch here next week. Thank you, gentlemen. That was North Montgomery coach Ryan Nupnall. The Chargers get the win last night over Attica. They're back in action next week at home against Frankfurt. Sugar Creek Classic coming up next weekend at Crawfordsville. We'll be right back with more coverage of the Montgomery County Sports Review live on Thunder 103.9. Arnie's of Crawfordsville is proud to present the Montgomery County Sports Review. Aired on Thunder 103.9 WIMC Saturday mornings. Arnie's of Crawfordsville serves pizza, subs, sandwiches, dessert, and more. Order Arnie's of Crawfordsville for good food and great service every time. Meet you at Arnie's on 114 West Wabash Avenue. And listen for the Montgomery County Sports Review presented by Arnie's every Saturday morning from 8 to 9 to hear the latest on high school sports. Okay, let's make this easy. Tartar Insurance makes it very easy. The old-fashioned home visits and the care taken in making you secure in your coverage, making it easy by being a complete line agency with auto, home, life, business, even coverage on your classic car, a wedding, a pet, and the topic of today's most important asset you have, your personal information. Tartar Insurance making it easy. Peace of mind. Call 362-5552. Tartar Insurance, 2203 Indianapolis Road in Crawfordsville. Locally owned, Gould Body and Paint has proudly served the community and surrounding area for over 30 years. With the latest repair techniques, how to find hidden damage, and how to repair your car's critical safety features so they work properly again, Gould Body and Paint takes pride in providing their customers with the highest quality repair and commitment to restore their vehicle to its pre-accident condition. Gould Body and Paint, open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and located at 607 Waynetown Road in Crawfordsville. Gould Body and Paint, check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
sound advice for serious matters. Henthorne Harrison Welliver is engaged in the general practice of law with an emphasis in estate planning, probate, real estate, small business, family, bankruptcy, and criminal and expungement matters. For unmatched personal attention and service, call Rex Henthorne, Monty Harris, Stu Welliver, Dave Peebles, or Scott Hoff at 362-4440. Henthorne Harrison Welliver, sound advice for serious matters. At your Napa Auto Parts of Crawfordsville, they're always on the lookout for quality products that will help you get the job done right and save you money. At Napa, you will always find great prices on the things you need to keep moving. Motor oil, filters, belts, hoses, wiper blades, brakes, headlights, and accessories. You will also enjoy legendary savings on legendary batteries. Napa has a complete line of parts you need on the farm, too. Stop by Napa Auto Parts of Crawfordsville, 200 West Market Street. Harry's Alignment Plus, the finest auto repair and alignment shop in the world. All right, I guess I'm going overboard. But when it comes to alignment, auto repair and auto accessories, and diesel truck performance work and accessories, Perry's Alignment Plus is the place to take your vehicle. Perry's Alignment Plus, located south of Ladoga on County Road 550 East. Call 942-0122. Perry's Alignment Plus. If it's got wheels, we can fix it. Now, back to the Montgomery County Sports Review, presented by Arnie. And live from the Breakfast Company, right here on Thunder 103.9. And welcome back to the Breakfast Company. We're live on Thunder 103.9. It's the Montgomery County Sports Review, brought to you by Arnie's of Crawfordsville. Now joined by Crawfordsville girls basketball coach Tyler Smith. Athenians fell last night to Tri-West, and a game that, Coach, you really got behind in early and, and couldn't quite recover from. Yeah, it was just a couple touchdowns and a field goal <laughs> early that we got behind. Uh, it was a really rough start. We felt different parts of the game, especially the second quarter, um, was much, much more what we were looking for in, in terms of just being uh, connected and, and communicating and the energy that we had. Um, so it's really tough when, when you uh, kind of lay a goose egg there at the beginning um, to fight. But credit to our girls for at least fighting back and, and maintaining the fight from there on. But as always with a lot of teams early in the year, you got to worry about you know, four quarters, figuring out how you can get there, and um, it's obviously progress. And Tri-West is always known for a 1-3-1 one, one defense, or at least a lot of times a lot of pressure. Is, did they do that right away, too? Not a whole lot. They have a couple really good on-ball defenders, um, especially uh, their sophomore. Um, but it, it wasn't a whole lot of uh, pressure out front. It was more um, just defending the ball pretty well, and they're in pretty good help position. Uh, and then they get out and run, and, and really for us, we missed a couple shots at the rim, and they were hitting about everything at the beginning. Now, some of them were uh, us leaving our assignments, and they were wide open, so credit to that. And other times, um, hand in the face, good closeout, they still knocked it down. So one of those nights where they're shooting well, uh, we're, we're leaving some points at the rim and kind of escalated. Yeah, and obviously a team right now for you guys still trying to figure things out. You can't afford to spare a team a lot of points to start out the game. Yeah, and a big part of it, too, is, and again, I know a lot of teams are, are dealing with it, but figuring out at this level, a lot of girls that don't have a lot of varsity experience, um, how how small, uh, how thin the margin is right. for any couple minute bursts in a game. Like, you got to have it for the full 32. I mean, you could be playing well for 10, 12 minutes in a row. You have one bad stretch, and you've only got so many timeouts to stop the bleeding. So... That's one of the, the things to learn is 
not letting one mistake turning into two and three and four, um, trying to figure out a way to stop the bleeding and uh, do what you want to do and, and get a good look and um, try to control the game instead of letting it just kind of control you, basically. And that's that's something, I think, again, with a young team. And you're a young team, whether you like it or not. You're a young team. You've got some girls with varsity experience. But still being able to calm down in those big situations. You know, sometimes I know you, uh, Rick and Cody's story, you had to take two timeouts in the first quarter mm-hmm. trying to settle the girls down. It's difficult for them to do that on their own if they're not the uh, older, experienced girls. Yeah, and, you know, we have some upperclassmen, but uh, not a lot of minutes at the varsity level. So I think I agree that, uh, you know, the the term even young team um, can also kind of be part of, you know, inexperience. You know, maybe that's the the main word to use, but um, we are, we, we have a lot of trust in these girls to figure it out. So we hope sooner than later with a big week coming up next week. Um, there's only so much you can replicate in practice as far as going up against a Tri-West or, or putting certain situations in, um, but it's just that game experience, there's nothing like it. Um, I remember talking even this week, I said no matter what happens in this Tri-West game, you know, it's going to be good prep for what's coming. So um, you, you take everything, you know, wash it down after the game and, and figure out what are the, you know, the main lessons we can learn from this and move forward with it. Coach, we had you earlier in the week against um, North Putnam. Hattie Hodges um, had a good game offensively, had other couple girls step up. Probably nice to see some other girls other than Taylor. Obviously, Taylor had that experience last year as a varsity player that are starting to kind of come into their own. Yeah, it's really important, especially for some of those girls, to see a couple shots go down early and to gain that confidence because that's that's the big thing we're working with. Um you know, meet individually with a lot of girls and saying, like, you know, we, we believe in, in your ability. You need to trust yourself and your, your ability to play this game. Um, you're here for a reason. You're on this team for a reason, playing at this level for a reason. So I think it was five girls with seven or more points yep. the other night. Yep. Last night, I think we had eight or nine in the scoring column, something like that. Um, it's really good to see. It takes a little pressure off Taylor. Um, our offense is also, you know, designed uh, to get people moving and to get people uh, involved so it's not just you know set plays for specific people and so we're going to need it we're going to need that balance and uh so yeah in that regard um off to a decent start and uh we hope that continues well and coaches you you talk about this decent start this is uh the first couple of weeks of the season you really don't get a whole lot of practice time you know you talk about preparing for a team you're trying to prepare your own team and then try to at least give them a little bit of what's going on. How, how do you handle that? I mean, do you divide up practice, say, okay, this is us, and then we're going to look at the next team? How do you do that? Because I know practice time is dear. Yeah. That's one of the biggest challenges, um, I think, especially at this level. I remember even when we uh, scrimmaged Covington, um, I remember telling the officials, like, I really could have uh, used about 10 more of these things, you know, 10 more practices before because – especially with that inexperience, there's just so much to put in, but you also want to really work on um, the fundamentals and skills. So you want to spend a good portion on that because that's what's probably most important. But then there's so many things that we have not yet been able to put in. And it's like you try to put in a little something new each and every day. Um, do you have what's in place, you know, for the Sugar Creek Classic or Fountain Central that, that you want 
um, without neglecting, you know, the skills and everything else that you're doing. So, and the thing you mentioned too, splitting varsity JVs, you know, mixing up teams, making them even, or, you know, it's a, right. it's a big challenge that you work on. Let me ask you this, and I haven't asked the other coaches this. I know it's different for either, different sports, but we're seeing a trend the last few years, hey, shorter practice time, but high energy, you know, get that, keep their focus for, you know, an hour and a half, hour and 45 instead of two plus hours. But you talk about basketball, especially when you get into conference play, and even this week with the Sugar Classic, when you're game planning for half the practice, still trying to work on fundamentals, what's your approach to practice like that? A little bit of it changes week by week, and especially early in the season compared to later. Um, you know, for example, next week when we have a couple uh, before playing South, we'll probably have a longer one on, on Wednesday and a lot of game plan. And then, you know, Thursday will be a little bit shorter, spirited, um, high energy with uh, some reminders of the game plan. Um, but I think also depends on how you're playing and, you know, sure. you uh, you lose a couple games in a week and, and you want to attack a specific strategy the next right. week. But um, it's, it's important to have a, you know, coaching staff too that can, be able to know uh, what the game plan is, look at the film, and, and uh, even talk individually to some girls about what they're looking for. And um, I think it's a pretty good balance, but with this team, we're probably a little more, you know, 70-30 on working the, the skills and uh, sure. trying to trying to really rein those in and then a little bit of game planning as we go. A lot of people don't realize all there is in coaching. The planning stages is probably the hardest part of coaching actually if all you had to do is coach games it wouldn't be too yeah. difficult would it <laughs> yeah and it's something too that it just dominates your thoughts it's always on your mind you can even have you know a weekend off or several days before a game and you're just continually thinking about what can we do what can we do better what can i do better what can uh what can we have a different strategy can we do what we've been doing better um it's just constantly on your mind um which is not a bad thing if you're able to, uh, you know, be healthy with it. Um, and you have a, and you have a, an understanding wife, right? Yes, absolutely, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and uh, I think it's it's just important to, uh, you know, take it all in and, and enjoy the moment too. Because I think, you know, I love watching film. I love, you know, practice planning. And if if you don't, then it's gonna be it's gonna be rough. But um, for me too, whether it's a win or a loss, to be able to say we're on to the next one. I mean, that's a good, good life lesson anyway. Of, you know, we, you know, next play mentality, next day mentality. Like, what's, what's today look like? We're forgetting about yesterday and moving on. All righty, coach. Well, hey, thanks again for coming in and joining us this morning. Best of luck this coming up, coming up this week. We'll have you Tuesday night against Fountain Central, and then the Sugar Creek Classic next weekend at your place. Thanks a lot. That was Crawfordsville coach Tyler Smith. Athenians still looking for that first win. He'll be in action coming up this week against Fountain Central on Tuesday. We'll have that right here on Thunder 103.9. Hey, we'll take another break, come back, talk high school football regional round last night. Our local sectional winner, Bill, they'll play for one more week. That's Monrovia. We'll talk all about that. More regional matchups. And then also Wabash College football against DePaul. We'll talk with Cody about that coming up. With more on the Montgomery County Sports Review live on Thunder 103.9. Arnie's of Crawfordsville is proud to present the Montgomery County Sports Review. Aired on Thunder 103.9 WIMC Saturday mornings. Arnie's of Crawfordsville serves pizza, subs, sandwiches, dessert, and more. Order Arnie's of Crawfordsville for good food and great service every time. Meet you at Arnie's on 114 West Wabash Avenue. And listen for the Montgomery County Sports Review presented by Arnie's every Saturday morning from 8 to 9 to hear the latest on high school sports. 
When's the last time you looked at the cost to rebuild your home? The number may shock you, and worse yet, your home insurance coverage may not have kept pace with this ugly reality, which means you have a serious problem. Hi, I'm Derek Clore with Clore Insurance Group, where we offer guaranteed replacement cost coverage for your home. This means your home is covered no matter what it costs to rebuild. This is the ultimate peace of mind in home insurance. The best part is it usually costs a whole lot less. Call us at 765-361-6929 for some peace of mind and savings. Clore Insurance Group, a better way to do insurance. The Neighborhood Cafe says thank you to Montgomery County. They offer dine-in, carry-out, and delivery. Located at 205 Waynetown Road in Crawfordsville, and they are open Monday through Saturday, 8 to 2. Their breakfast features full-stack pancakes, omelets, breakfast sandwiches, and their neighborhood platter. Their lunch features sandwiches such as their grilled Cajun chicken sandwich, burgers, melts, and wraps. The Neighborhood Cafe also features a salad bar as they offer a daily homemade soup and many homemade desserts. Find them on Facebook at Neighborhood Cafe. Wabash College is proud to support high school basketball in Montgomery County and wishes the players, coaches, and fans the best of luck this season. Wabash is nationally ranked for best access to professors, best classroom experience, best alumni network, highest alumni salaries, best-run college, best school for internships, and best career services. Only Wabash made all of those lists. Shouldn't Wabash be on your list? Join them at Chadwick Court this season to support the NCAC champion Little Giants or schedule a full campus visit by calling 361-6100. At Wabash, you will learn more, earn more, lead more, and play more. Find out more at wabash.edu. Taylor, Chad, Manette, Schneider, and Clutter's commitment is to give clients sound legal counsel and valued legal services. They help people, businesses, and municipalities solve problems in many legal areas. When you call Taylor, Chad, Manette, Schneider, and Clutter, you can expect to be treated respectfully and with prompt service. They're committed to working with you to achieve your best result. For information or a consultation, go to tcmsclaw.com or call 361-9680. Taylor, Chad, Manette, Schneider, and Clutter. Commitment, service, community. 1892 is a pretty big year. The Pledge of Allegiance is first recited, Coca-Cola is founded, and James Naismith publishes the rules of basketball. Oh, and Tri-County Bank opened its stores. This is Chuck Dixon, President and CEO. For 130 years, Tri-County Bank has served our great community, and we have plans to do so for at least 130 more. We do more than offer great banking products. You assist us at the county fairs, at school functions, and community events. Why? Because that's what community banks do. Tri-County Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Now, back to the Montgomery County Sports Review, presented by Arnie. And live from the Breakfast Company, right here on Thunder 103.9. Welcome back, Breakfast Company. It's the Montgomery County Sports Review, live on Thunder 103.9. We'll get to the big one this afternoon at Blackstock Stadium in a minute. That's Wabash in DePaul. Jeff Nelson just texted me. Don't forget to give Wabash Hoops their credit. I know Cody will want to talk about that. A big win over a ranked Washington of St. Louis team last night. So, and Cody will talk about it. Now 2-0 and in the post, Jack Davidson. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about Wabash basketball. Cody, you saw them Tuesday. Yep. And then they get the big win last night. I think Coach Brummett still knows how to recruit. <laughs> yeah, he does. And, I mean, and a big part of it. For this Wabash team, yes, there's no Jack Davidson, there's no Tyler Watson, no Kellen Schreiber, but <clears throat> those, a lot of the players that were, are currently starting and playing a big role were on that team. Drivester. And he talked about how they're really trying to embody um, the leadership and the tradition that, that was built for them 
know, for the previous four years. Um, real, and it's, I think the best part about it is there's not really one superstar that the Little Giants have this year. I mean, you look at guys like Adrice Redmond, Vinny Bucilla, um, Sam Comer, um, who local product from Danville. Um, and then they've got a total of nine freshmen on the team that um, some are playing. And I think Gavin Shippert, who's like 6'7". Um, and this team is, um, you got Styles and Champ McCorkle, the brothers. Um, it's just a really collective group right. this year. Um, there's not going to be a, a guy that probably goes out and has a 30-point night. I mean, you very well could be someone could get hot. But, um, Coach Brummett is, I continue to say, one of the best coaches in, right. in the air. Yeah. I mean, just all around. And like you said, he, he knows how to recruit. He knows yeah. how to get the best out of his team. And off to a 2-0 and start. And, no, they were just outside the uh, – preseason top 25 they were actually 26 okay they so received the most votes probably going to be in the top i would assume after last night's win um you probably now, see the little giants in the top 25 now bill you've been around a little longer than cody and i have just a little bit but you can allude to this you get out of this sometimes the, the best measuring stick for the state of a program isn't them having success like wabash did last year it's about the years before in the years after you look at north montgomery football for example i know charlie german only won one other sectional outside of 95 and 96 but if you look at his overall record the guy was a winner that program is a winning program talk about that a little bit about when you really get down to success of college and high school programs. well you know you i i go back to the mac petty years at wabash where they had some really really good teams not always fantastic teams but good teams. He did have one very good right. team. Had the kid, what's his name, Metzlars or something like that. <laughs> you know, but you know, that was a program. We've talked right. we talk about even our high at our high schools having a program. You need more than just you know, I've seen a lot of upstarts. You got one great guy for two years, he's great and then right. it falls apart. You build a program, you build a you build trust amongst each other, just like you talk about. <clears throat> you lost your two guards. You lost the two guys who were the majority of your scoring, yet you've got guys who understand the program. And you talk about good recruiting. How do you recruit? you got to have a good program. Right. People aren't going to want to come if they right. look at it and say, ah, oh, that's not much. So I think it's very important. Kyle Brummett has done a great job. Now, this is six year uh, i think it's seven it's, or eight maybe. yeah he's been i think remember there was one there was one coach and his name escapes me between him between petty and him uh -huh. i think petty's been retired what 10 11 years something like that. that so yeah so so but but anyway he's he's got not just the reputation right. but his program has a reputation when you say wabash basketball you think about what they put on the floor last year and you think hey that's the kinds of teams that they'll put on the floor. Right. Most certainly, Coach Brummett's got that program in a good state even after the success <clears throat> last year and those graduating seniors. And, uh, hey, let's before we get to football, let's talk a little bit about – or Wabash football. Let's talk a little bit about high school football. So riddle me this here, guys. The 
Monrovia Bulldogs go two and seven Weren't they, in their regular they have the season. the worst record in the sectional? The worst record in the sectional, two and seven. Crawfordsville. Crawfordsville. No, Crawfordsville had three wins. That's Sorry, right. Three and six. Two and seven. Worst record in the sectional. They're going to play for a trip to Lucas Oil next Friday night. They beat an undefeated team, Owen Valley, who had defeated the reigning state champions in the sectional. So Owen Valley goes down last night, had a chance late, and couldn't score. And so that's that was the biggest upset. And I'll um, you guys talk about that for a second. I'll pull up the yeah. Of course, not having seen Monrovia, I didn't get to see that game, so I'm not sure what it was like. But North Montgomery had a chance to right. knock them off. And, you know, you look at it and say, well, could it be them there? But that's why they play the so, games, and who knows why they were 2-7. and seven. Let's take a look first at, at 1A. Park Tudor, who was also a local sectional team from Fountain Central, they won that sectional. They lost in the regional round in North Judson, 49-13. Adams Central all over Carroll. Carroll is a program, talk about programs, it's been very yep. successful, though. They got blanked by Adams Central, 35-0. North Decatur over Sheridan, 29-14. So, uh, Sheridan's season ends there. Indianapolis Lutheran, which a Monrovia opponent from conference play, beats Providence 49-7. to And 2A Central Catholic goes down. Man, I'm going to shed a tear to Andrean, 30-12. to Fort Wayne lures all over Bluffton, 35-6. Linton Stockton, the train keeps rolling for the Miners over Lapels, 60-24. to They'll meet Modern Day in the semi-state who beat Triton Central last night, 35-28. West Lafayette, number one team in the state in 3A. Over Knox, 55-14. Chittard over Yorktown, uh, 42-14. Monrovia over Owen Valley, 26-21. In Class 4A, New Prairie over Northridge. So uh, Northridge's season comes to an end. They had an upset win in the sectional championship. They lost 55-7. Kokomo, a team out of the uh, uh, area conference, uh, the NCC, they beat North, or, uh, Columbia City, 42-13. Indianapolis, Ron Colley. Downs New Pal 20 to 7. East Central over Evansville Memorial 35 21. So that's a public school defeating a parochial school there in the regional round. In class 5A, Maryville, it's the Pirates. Every year they say this is the year they go down in the regional to Valparaiso. Coach Nupnall's alma mater down there 15 to 14. Fort Wayne Snyder defeats Mishawaka 41 27. Whiteland over Plainfield, 49-14. Castle stays alive, beating Bloomington South, 31-14. And then in Class 6A, Jeff nearly gets a win, but they fall to Carroll-Fort Wayne, 21-20. Hamilton Southeastern, uh, the best team in the state. They stay undefeated, blinking Coach Gilbert's Westfield Shamrocks, 20 to nothing. Brownsburg, who was at one time ranked in the top 25 in the country, they fall to Cathedral, 14-7, after Brownsburg had beaten Cathedral in the regular season. And then the Trojans, it's just a reload at Center Grove yes. every year. They win a shootout over Warren Central 42-32. to 32. There's a lot of good semi-state matchups next week. They are. The trouble is they'll be outside and it's cold. And there's still one regional game today. That's right. That's Southridge. It's 3A. It's Southridge against... Uh, that winner, I think, will play Monrovia. Lawrenceburg. Yeah. Yeah. Lawrenceburg and Southridge, you're right, Cody, the winner will play Monrovia. And Lawrenceburg, a team that's it's been strong. Southridge is a team that Western Boone, I believe, played once in the semi-state in 2A. So. Well, and we talk about Linton Stockton. We were talking in the press box when we were down there for the Southmont game, and they keep talking about modern, modern day. day. They keep running into modern day. 
at least they're going to run to into them in the semi-state, right? Instead of in the in the sectional or even regional right. round. So yeah, at least one step away. But really, once you win the sectional, it's from that point on definitely it's Lucas Oil or bust, right? right. Uh, but live to see another day. Live to. See play another week another week of practice the temperatures for those yes. guys are going to be a little chillier <laughs> next week than they were this week but congratulations to all the semi or the regional winners last night advancing to the semi-state that's high school football college football it's a really big day across the country um division one there's some really big conference games that includes purdue and illinois and the big 10 but the big one, as we wrap up Division Three regular season today, it's going to happen down south at Greencastle Blackstock Stadium. It's Wabash and DePaul playing for the NCAC championship and, of course, rights to the Monon Bell, which currently Wabash has. It's on a in the back of a truck at some point this morning heading south. It's way there. And it'll be on the sideline there, on the visiting sideline of Blackstock Stadium. And it will be ringing the entire game now. It sure will If be. you have never been to a... Monon Bell game. It's it's of course you can't get tickets now. It's so loud. But the there are two things about going to a Monon Bell game. First of all, you can be entertained by the fans as much as the game because there are all kinds of things going on in stands on both sides. But that bell rings constantly. Now when I played at Wabash, we didn't have the bell. So it was over on the other side, ringing constantly. So you guys weren't any good then? No, uh, we weren't. I was in the Dick Bowman era. And you don't like to talk about it. Huh? You don't like to talk about hey, it. Hey, it is what it is. But it's it's so hard to sit there and hear that bell constantly, especially if you're behind. And truthfully, football players get 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 annoyed pretty soon by the bell. You right. know, sure, but coaches are getting together trying to talk to players, and there's Sphinx come back and ringing that <laughs> daggone bell. But at least for the juniors and seniors, they're used to it. I mean, right. it's, yeah, it, it, and it's on their side. You of know, the field. Cody, you got to experience last year your first bell game, and just tell us what your thoughts were. You know, you've been to a Wabash game before. It's just such a different atmosphere. You know, Division One level, you're gonna have yeah. good atmospheres every Saturday. But for the players and the fans, it's so different this one game a year compared to yeah. the other games. I mean, I think Billy hit it right on the head um, with I was as entertained by the fans and the yep. student section as I was the the game, which I, I, mean, I mean, and you talk about it was a th thrilling yep. game last year. Down 21 nothing um, was Wabash in that first quarter, and we're all sitting there. I'm, th I'm down there on the sidelines thinking, oh, my goodness, this is going to turn ugly pretty quick. Um, but thanks to Liam Thompson, um, Wabash came back and won. I mean, it is – it's just something – I know it sounds cliche and everything. like It's just something you have to experience um, in person. Yeah. I mean, I was <clears> – I threw out a picture um, on Twitter last week of when the – I was thinking from the IS – the Indiana Sports uh, Radio Network feed when it was Wabash just storming the field. I was somewhere down on that <laughs> field just rushing to try and get interviews. I was in the middle of all of that. It, and it's just something that you have to really experience because it's you, you just really can't. I mean, we can describe it as much as we want, um, but it's but just a completely different atmosphere when you're sure. 
in the midst of it. And by the way, if you don't know the Wabash fight song, you'll know it by the end of that game because they'll ring it up for anything and everything. And you and it was, will hear it. It was uh, kind of neat. If anybody had a chance to listen last night to the 5 o'clock report, countdown to kickoff, a special edition there with Coach Charlie Derman and Dave Peach. And Coach Derman brought up a bunch of different um, moments in the Monon Belt Classic. And, and if you read up on the history, all those come up. And it's very interesting to learn some of the history some of the big games, but last year, I mean, that's going to be cemented right there. The last time they played at Blackstock Stadium back in 2019, um, DePaul scored late. They won. There was a picture that has been on Twitter and Facebook and the Internet <laughs> ever since then. Wabash receiver with the ball in his hands, one foot clearly in the black of the south end zone, and it was ruled incomplete, yeah. and they did not score on that drive. Um, I remember back in... 20, I believe it was 2017. You and Bob were on the call, and uh, DePaul had a lead. They had a, and they fumbled the ball, and Wabash was able to, you know, come back and win. So there's been a lot of big moments. Oh, oh there have been. And, you know, go back to the tip pass right. touchdown, uh, the blizzard game. You know, there's just so yeah. many different things. And the, the big thing is, you know, on top of the rivalry who brings out the best of these teams every year, no matter their record. You know, they're going to play for a conference championship today, but not just that. These last 10 years, both of these teams have been pretty good every year. They have. The fact that, uh, you know, being ranked, the fact that this game will determine who goes to the playoffs, wins the conference. Um, DePaul had been in, oh, what's the conference? They had Swanee and I can't remember oh, the name, the name of, of the it. conference. It's the, it's the Hoosier it, whatever it's Franklin and Hanover and them and okay no that was the ACAC before that ACAC they were something. before that they were in a different conference okay. even they were in Wabash conference right. and they got out went to two different one now they're back in the same one and it makes all the difference in the world to this game it just adds a little more importance and you know I hate to admit it but DePaul has been really good the last few years they've got they've got a program growing down there. And, uh, of course, we we know uh, what's going on here at Wabash. They've had some great coaching along the way, and and Coach Morrell is is stepping up right along with them. But no matter what your record is, if you lose the bell game, that's all right. anybody's going to remember yep. about this year. And one thing that's interesting about Coach Morrell, um, if, if you look at his history as a coach, what he does now, he is the quarterback's coach. He's an offensive guy. It's no secret that Wabash's strong suit is their offense. Defensively, it's going to be interesting today. Can they get enough stops to get a win? Yeah, I mean, that was last year. Defense wasn't that great. I mean, and that's why they made a change, a defensive coordinator. I mean, it's got they, they're playing better um, defensively these last few weeks. Um, and you can say that's maybe due to the teams that they've been playing near the some of the teams near the bottom of the conference, but you play to your schedule. Um, I mean, it's going to be another, I was just reading, siphoning through the Brent Harris game notes, um, and for, specifically for the Wabash offense, it's going to be, I'm curious to see how many potential chances they get, because DePaul right. is, holds the ball, I think, he has in here for almost 34 yeah, minutes you, a game. Well, and they, they're giving up what? Uh, 12 points a game. 12 yeah, points. You talked about that with me, Cody, during the week. The 
time of possession, and it's one of the highest in the country. Okay, so I've looked at some of those scores. DePaul can score the ball. Yeah. They can score. They yeah. can get finish drives in the end zone. I think, personally, they can keep up for a while with Wabash. However, the game plan's got to be for DePaul to keep the ball out of yeah, the I, I hands, imagine, right? So. Yeah, I mean, it, Wabash, you talk about arguably the best, if not the best, one of the best Division three quarterbacks in the country, That's Liam Thompson. I mean, he leads the country in passing by, I think, almost four to 500 yards. Um, he's basically top five, top six in every category sure. that you can think of. And it's not like, I mean, while Liam can just absolutely sling it, we know more than well he can make plays with his legs. Um, I think that really run, the kind of play that energized Wabash last year was him making a play with his legs and then stiff arming um, the DePaul defender. That kind of mm-hmm. really energized the crowd, energized the team and whatnot. Um, and also, I mean, you look at, Wabash can run the ball, too. I mean, it's not like it's just Liam Thompson. I mean, Donovan Snyder on the ground has had a really good season. And then just a plethora of talent. Derek Allen, uh, Cooper Sullivan, Heisman schemes. Uh, you Just the plethora of talent on offense for Wabash. I, if you're picking an offense, you have to go with the Little Giants. Yeah. And I think uh, Wabash, the key will be, as long as they finish their drives, their scoring drives with seven points and not three. Right, they're yeah. going to be in good shape. I would think so. And you don't, right. you don't know what the weather's going to be like. I, that can make a difference. I too. won't give a prediction um, live on the air since I will be doing the game, but I want a prediction from both of you: final score and the winners. Oh gosh, well I, I got Wabash. I have, I can't tell you a whole lot about DePaul, but I think it's going to be a lower scoring game than people think. It's going to be like 28-21, I think. And you're going with Wabash. I'm going with Wabash, Jody. Well, I'm. I have to pick Wabash. I mean, we all want Wabash to win, so I. I think Wabash gets it done. I, I'm right there with Bill. I don't think, especially, don't know what the weather can be like. Um, that we'll see how that affects really both offenses. Sure. Um, I'm gonna go Wabash. Thirty-one twenty. Okay, and just to note, Wabash has one loss. Uh, that was the only game that they've played this year. They've scaled, failed to score 40 points in. 40 points or more in every win. So That was only against the number one team in the oh, country. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Throw that out. And actually, if Wabash can win today, that loss to North Central is going to help them yeah. more than a bad win would have helped them as far right. as seeding and trying to get a home playoff game. So we'll see. The winner, of course, Wabash and DePaul, they get the bell. Hopefully it's... Keeping the bell for Wabash as the Tigers try to steal it back. That's the most important thing. Oh, and by the way, the winner gets to go to the playoffs and the loser will be on the couch next Saturday. So, a lot on line. And there's a chance. I mean, I was talking with Brent Harris, too. There, there's a chance. I mean, all, there's always a chance. Um, but you talk about next Saturday's a busy Saturday, regardless here in Montgomery County. It could be. We could add another thing to that if yeah. Wabash is able to hope potentially host a division three be a, playoff. be a big week on campus it, for the little giants it sure can, be. Uh, great lakes invitational for basketball um, we already got the sugar creek classic and we might just throw a wabash home playoff game on the top of it well there you go hey best of luck to the little giants today against the 128th monon bell classic wabash college at depaul university blackstock stadium in greencastle 
myself, Bob Cox, will hit the air just before 1 o'clock, kickoff 107. You can view the game here locally. ISC, I know you can stream it as well. Greg Regstraw will be on the call there for um, that one. I know Steve Hoffman will be in the booth for Wabash, and then DePaul will have a representative up there as well. So that broadcast, I can tell you, will be much better than ours. But if you aren't near a TV no. or a computer, make sure to tune well, in myself. Hey, I know Bob will bring you down, but you can pull it back. Uh, I, I can. I'll do my best. So we'll, See, he's not here to protect it. He's probably listening in his car on the way. Bob, we just probably just home playing with his cat. (laughs) We'll do our best again. That's Wabash and DePaul, the Monon Bell Classic Live on Thunder 103.9, presented by Tri County Bank. Hey, we want to thank all of our sponsors this morning, and we want to thank Rich Corp for keeping us on the airwaves as well, alongside Cody Emerson and Billy R. Bill Rubenstein. I'm Jared McMurray. You've been listening to the Montgomery County Sports Review live on Thunder 103.9, live from the Breakfast Company, presented by Arnie's. Have a great weekend, everybody. Sports Broadcasting thanks you for listening to the Montgomery County Sports Review presented by Arnie and heard here on Thunder 103.9. Join us next time as we keep you up to date on all things Montgomery County High School sports and more. Live from the Breakfast Company with the Montgomery County Sports Review presented by Arnie. The proceeding was a fourth broadcasting production here on Thunder 103.9 WIMC-FM Crawfordsville. 